Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined here with my dad, Jack. We are two generations talking about tech. Occasionally, we hope to be three. We'll see if we can get uh, some of them kiddos from the next generation down to join us once in a while. But today, it's the two of us. How you doing, Dad? Doing good, Todd. How about yourself? Okay. Woke up here, and it was cold, and it was raining, and I'm loving it. I like the cold weather. I'm wearing a flannel shirt. I don't get to do that very often here in Southern California. I mean, a week ago, we had days in the 80s. So, uh, you know, today I think the high is 53, and uh, mm. and we're getting snow in the mountains and rain in the streets, and I don't have to go out and drive in it or nothing. I can just stay here and enjoy the cool weather. Sounds sounds similar to our weather. I, I don't know the temperature, actually, but uh, it was raining overnight, so we got everything mm-hmm. looks wet out there. But yeah. I haven't been out yet, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, ra- it started raining yesterday here as well, and so it rained on and off overnight. You know, you'd have a couple hours off and then a couple hours on, and kind of do that for the last uh, twenty four hours or so. But I enjoy it. I like the cool weather and the rain. Um, well, you know, I think uh, today is supposed to be cool enough that the snow gets down to the forty highway. That is the interstate, mm-hmm. and uh, which. Or the 70, I guess is what it really is. I, I, I don't know why I called it 40. But anyway, uh, that's not too far north of us, so probably won't be real warm here. Yeah, here they do it by altitude. They're saying the snow will be down to about 1,500 feet, which means it will probably get snow on the mountains here behind Corona um, to some extent. Um, I think I'm about 750 feet or something like that, about halfway there uh, here in Corona. <laughs> So, yeah. so you know, the hills around us will get a dusting of snow if they haven't already. I haven't actually looked over there yet today, but uh, anyway, yeah, I like it. I like the the autumnal feel, or early spring feel, or late winter feel, or whatever you want to call this. Uh, it's got certainly not winter like the rest of the country gets. Got got at least so. a month of winter left. You know, yeah. I I think of spring as March. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I think that's probably the more traditional view of it. And you know, here in California, it's uh, you know we don't really get winter weather per se. I guess if you live in the mountains, you do, but mostly here in Southern California, we just kind of go from from uh, summer weather into sort of autumnal type of weather, and then roll right into spring from there. Um, once in a great great while, we'll get a little dusting of snow across the Southland. I remember in 1980, I think we had huge drifts up to, you know, an inch or two um, that yeah. lasted ha- half a day before it all melted away. Um, so, uh, and I remember that because that was the year of my graduation. And actually, I think it was 79. 79 was the year because uh, I remember going out and taking pictures for the yearbook of, of, the, of all the snow. And it was like, hey, it's not often you get snow in Southern California in the, in the lower elevations. You know, it's up in the mountains, but not down here. So I think we made a snowman. I think he was about eight or ten inches high, and said, "Okay, we did it. <laughs> Get a picture." <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Wild winters, wild winters. So what's going on in tech? Anything exciting that you read about this week? Well, I was just kind of flipping through things here, and uh, yeah. I I Some noticed rumors one, out there. Not, no, no, something that actually happened that was really good. A uh, person with a watch managed, they, uh, the lady was kidnapped and used her watch to call, and therefore the uh, trackers could hear ping her watch. I don't know just how that ah. works. But, 
and uh, found. Well, if you have the watch that has the cell uh, modem in it, it it'll ping on cell towers. So if they're moving you around or something, they should be able to yeah. track where you're going, right? Yeah. So just uh, like a cell phone in that sense. Anyway, uh, watches can be used to, for a good purpose. Another way to connect to the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So you never know when you got one. Just every once in a while, you read a, a story like that that uh, mm-hmm. it came in really handy for somebody. Not necessarily the same. There's all kinds of different twists as to how watches get used, but yeah. that's always yeah. a good one to hear, you know. But the advent of the smartwatch, usually it's like, oh, some guy fell down or or uh, there was one guy who noticed that his his uh, respirations overnight went from like 11 to 18. Uh, so he started, he was breathing a lot more. And so he had his doctor check him out and turns out he, he tested positive for COVID. And all it was was, you know, his normal overnight average respirations was 10 or 11. And suddenly it went up to 18 for a couple of days. So he mentioned it to the doctor and the doctor says, well, come in and get a COVID test. And sure enough, uh, he tested positive. And this is well before any symptoms had shown up because it was like, who knew? But apparently because the uh, virus attacks your respiratory system, your breathing, he started breathing more faster at night. So, Oh, is that right? I'll be darned. Yeah. Yeah. That's and interesting so, to know. You know, it just. Yeah. And and you yeah. don't know that unless you purposely go in and look at your breathing rate. I mean, it records it, but you don't, you know, there's right. no alarm. Well, and that's assuming that you're wearing your watch at night and not charging it at night, you know. Um, but uh, right. with the last last uh, rev of the software, it'll automatically go into sleep mode at night and you can wear it. And as fast as it charges up, it's not that hard. You just kind of get it, got to get into a routine of like when you get up in the morning, you know, put it on a charger for a little bit to get it juiced up again so it'll make it through the rest of the day and into the next night right yeah so that's just, the th- just, you know there's a lot of health things that can happen if if uh just by measuring just a few little things that uh right can be indicators you know like that yeah so. oops yeah anyway. i have a um i have a thing that's put out by beauty rest um that is a little sensor that goes underneath your mattress and it will uh, track your heart rate and your respirations overnight, and it'll tell you when you're in REM sleep versus light sleep versus deep sleep just based on your movement. And uh, and so I can go back and look at my respirations. And what's nice about it is, is I don't have to remember to put my watch on or keep my watch off or whatever. Um, it's just always there, so it tracks it. And there's a sensor under my side of the bed and one under my wife's side of the bed, so it can distinguish between the two of us. And... Uh, and so after I read that, I went back and looked at my respirations and said, did my respirations go up anywhere? And it's like, nope, my respirations are pretty consistent. I'm about 10 to 11 breaths per minute uh-huh. uh, while sleeping. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. But it's it's one of those things that because I'm aware of it, I uh, I do go back and check it every once in a while just to say, well, you know, hey, did it go up? Did it go up? Is something going on? Should I be aware? <laughs> <laughs> Good way to be paranoid, right? What's my respirations? Yep, yep. Anyway, there Last was last night. Uh, it was ten. <laughs> I I I've hardly ever looked at the data on my phone. I mean, you know, actually, it's on your watch, but uh, at least it collects it there. Mm-hmm. You you look it's at on the your phone too. Data? Yeah, I look at it uh, semi regularly. I'm just curious. 
Yeah, and the place to find it, whether it's collected from the watch or from the phone, is on the health app on the phone because they they got a a nicer way of displaying all the information there. So you can kind of flip through it and see what's important to you and what's not. Right. Um, But the health app uh, will, like, you know, uh, I have a smart blood pressure cuff that I use every once in a while so I can see the last time that I measured that, what my, my blood pressure was and uh, um, you know, if you log your food, it'll have information breakdowns on your food, as well as your resting heart rate and how many hours you slept recently, and uh, you know how many steps you've taken, and in you know, in uh, on this day or or over the last twenty four hours, uh, you know, if you log your weight or have a smart scale, it'll tell you what your weight is, and you can click on that and get a graph and see if it's been going up or down or whatever. So, yep. um, lots of lots of uh, different ways to sort of quantify yourself and say, you know, am I doing, you know, do I have healthy habits or do I have not so healthy habits? Um, and I've got to admit mine aren't particularly healthy because I'm uh, as heavy as I've ever been, which is not great on my knees and my back. So, and as somebody who has, has uh, back issues, that's something I should be aware of and do better. Yeah. Yeah. I, my my big eye, uh, issue for a long time has been my uh, a, a weird eyeball. One, the right eye is different than the left eye, and it's uh, right requires drops every day. So that's been a pain in the rear. You know, I think it's been at least, <laughs> actually a pain in the half. eye, wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, I guess a pain in the eye. Yeah, been been going on for at least six months now, and yeah. you know, you just get tired of it after a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but. Anyway, the last time that I was in, she says she wants me to put drops in my left eye, too, because it's not maintaining its moisture, you know, right. so it's getting rough. And I, I had kind of noticed it, but just wiped them out, you know, with a wash rag or something. I hadn't noticed, really paid much attention, right. but doctors, they got more specific treatments. You got to put eye drops in. So she mm-hmm. sent me some regular yeah. eye drops for that eye. It seems to be, at least in, in in the United States now, that as you age, you're just going to have to get used to the idea that you will have some regular medication that you will have to take every day of some sort. And, and, you'll, you know, and you'll have a minimum of three or four different kinds of problems, unrelated even, you know? Right, right. Well, and that's it. And, and so the question becomes is, you know, if you didn't do any of these things, is that what's extending life or is that uh, just making you more comfortable or is it just selling stuff so that pharmaceutical companies can stay in business you know you have to balance a little bit of all of that probably well well in the in the case of my eye i wouldn't have vision in that eye now at all she yeah she literally saved my right eye vision it's uh mm-hmm. and it's uh, correctable to 2020 so i'm you know mm-hmm. very fortunate that i still have two eyes that can see with 2020 vision uh corrected vision you know and so uh I, and I have some friends who have actually lost their eyesight. One guy wears a patch all the time, you know. It's just so it it can happen. Yeah, yeah. No, no you don't and, want it, you, if you don't want your really, nickname to be to be Patch. Right. You know, and and the weird thing about about it, aging is is as you age, you don't even think about these things until you go to the doctor, and just, then they sort of find out something. And, and then follow up on it, and then pretty soon, hey, that was a pretty good thing. You got to go to the doctor every once in a while, or you just don't even, you wouldn't do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Just routine doctor checks uh, is important as you age. 
And I don't know, yep. you know, a lot of people don't do that just because they can't afford it, which is really terrible because you get things that uh, you can get out of control, you know, without yeah. proper care. And and I don't think that, I don't know what the care uh, uh, would have really cost me. Although I do, I was aware that uh, one time when I left my home, left home to go somewhere for a few days and forgot my eye drops and I went to the drugstore and had to buy some, that mm -hmm. I found out how much they really cost. Eighty dollars right. $80 for this little tiny bottle that maybe lasted two weeks, you know? Yeah. So it was, yeah. uh, the stuff's expensive and you don't realize it, you know? And, I, and I've used mm -hmm. a lot of those kind of bottles since I've had this eye problem, you know? So, so it, would, mm -hmm. it would add up if you had to pay for it out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's it's pretty clear that unless you're uh, incredibly wealthy, that uh, uh, you know, healthcare is not something that the average person can in any way, shape, or form uh, pay for on their own anymore. It's well, a, you have yeah. to have insurance to pay for it. Yeah, I remember my grandma and grandpa didn't have health insurance, and mm -hmm. they didn't have any. I mean, well, they did have a retirement plan. Grandpa still owned some land that he was renting. But they weren't going to live on very much because, you know, probably that rental money was enough to, to feed them and, and uh, keep the furnace on. That was about it. Uh, yeah. but, but when Social Security check come, he was dumbfounded. His whole generation would never have believed that somebody would give you money because right. he, had, he hadn't even paid into it. He was just above the cutoff where he was an older person. And, and uh, a lot of people his age were, in fact, almost starving. You know, that's yeah. why Social Security was founded, because people didn't have enough savings. And if it hadn't been he mm -hmm. as a farmer and owned some land that he could continue to rent out, that was his that was his mm -hmm. life insurance or health insurance policy, if you will. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's really well, weird. Retirement. You, yeah. When when you live uh, long enough, as I have to see the, how the different generations uh, were treated. Now, my folks always had Blue Cross Blue Shield, so they had an insurance plan, and I don't know what they paid mm -hmm. for and how affordable yeah. it was, you know, compared to what we've got. But mm -hmm. to, to me, one of the most valuable things of the fact that I had, uh, I, I'm a Air Force veteran and retired, I have continuing secondary coverage. You know, Medicare, of course, covers, is the primary care for all seniors, but, uh, mm -hmm. but having that secondary coverage has saved me a lot of money. Yeah, like medicines, especially you know, if if you didn't have mm -hmm. that, you'd have you'd have to take one of these add-on programs, which is course. right. And that's what that Part B thing is that a lot of retirees yeah. then pay a, a a certain amount in order to get Part B coverage, which then covers prescriptions and stuff. But they generally are still paying for that. Whereas uh, you know, if you're uh, a veteran, then you have that covered already. So yeah, I was so. going to do, uh, get back to something a little bit more techy here. Uh, for a long time, I, I guess I thought I heard somewhere last year that sometime this year, Apple might have some smart glasses coming out. And so I was kind of wondering if that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, then I come upon this article that their first uh, uh, shot at this was what they called a pricey virtual reality headset. Yeah. And uh, they uh, apparently didn't succeed with that or decided it was too pricey or something. But there Yeah, now I had read that too. And it was a little disappointing from my perspective in that 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 seemed like a 
stopgap. Uh, sounded like Apple doing what everybody else is doing instead of doing something that was going to be, you know, breakthrough and precedent setting, which is very unlike them, right? They they tend to want to, if they're going right. to come into a field, they want to come in and say, no, you guys have all been doing it wrong. Here's the right way instead of coming in with just another Me Too virtual well, reality they're, headset. Their normal thing is, is that, uh, and I think most of these people know when they can release something and most of them would release it uh earlier than apple apple usually is after one or maybe even two vendors have released a product then they get it right and 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 set the trend from there on uh because Mm -hmm. the the first you know guy uh, to do anything new of course isn't going to have all of the gee whiz stuff you know so uh they properly try to uh, upgrade, you know, within a short period of time as as they learn more. But Apple's usually the lag lagger here. But yeah, uh, they, yeah, they, they don't want... always come in first, but they generally come in with something that's been uh, more finished. Right. Yeah, that's, that's... and sometimes has features that other people hadn't considered. They yeah. like to do that too. They like to come in and, so. and say, "Hey, and ours does this," and then everybody else goes <gasps> and has to jump on that bandwagon real quick. But anyway, the bottom line to this whole article is basically they've got they mentioned 2023 to unveil it. So it's it's a ways off, further off than I had thought. Uh yeah. Because yeah, it's one of those things it's it's you know again, it's all rumors, but the rumors seem to be they keep moving. They keep moving, you know, they're always a year or two ahead of us. And so it's like, okay. Excuse me. Yep. Okay, so it's it's not it's not real till it's real. You That's know. That's right. And, and unless you're kind of working on it and see what the issues are, you know, it's hard to say what what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we could all get we could all guess about it, but you know, it's like they've also been. There's been rumors that um, uh, Apple's going to launch a a higher end MacBook Air that's going to be even thinner. Uh, that's been um, announced or, or, or it, uh, yeah, presumed I, I as a rumor, which is like, well, okay, Apple's going to make something thinner, duh. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, their, their initial M1 devices essentially looked exactly like the devices that they were replacing. And I think part of that was so that Apple's engineers and, and people could be, could have been out testing and using this stuff in the wild and not let anybody know because it looks exactly the same. Nobody would have known. Um, but subsequent ones, I think they're going to want them to stand out and look a little different. So I think you can start seeing some more, uh, variation in, in, you know, shapes and sizes and design. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, see, I, I read that same article about thinness and I thought that, well, there may be a possibility that they want to upgrade it just because they've made some improvements to the silicon. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think they would introduce another air computer unless there was something slightly different than the silicon. And it seemed to me that there was a memory, uh, uh, shortage uh, sort of implied by some of the early uh, reviews of the M1 and uh, and that maybe if there really was a shortage of memory that they would come out with one that had a little bit more memory or you know things like that that right. once it gets out there and people start looking at it but then I haven't yeah. heard anybody complaining about memory shortage so I don't know yeah. Well, when you say shortage of memory, too, to be clear, you're not talking about like there's a shortage in the marketplace. They just chose to only make it an eight or a 16 gigabyte memory machine. And those are your only two options. And right. there are currently some Intel based 
uh, Macs that allow you to go up to 32 gigabytes of memory. And they didn't duplicate that, at least not in their first pass with these M1 machines. Uh, I'm confident that subsequent machines will match and exceed what is capable in their current machines. Um, But the first round didn't do that. And but but I'm with you. I mean, everybody said, oh, that doesn't seem like enough memory. And yet in actual use, I haven't heard any complaints that, oh, that's just not enough memory. And I think part of it is, is because their memory and their storage um, uh, design are so uh, fast that that even if it does swapping and uses storage as memory, it's happening so quickly you wouldn't notice. That's probably what it is. Yeah. So there's you know. a, there's a lot of workarounds to some of these issues, and uh, you know it just costs money to stick yeah. more on the chip unless you really know you're going to need it. You know, right? Well, and, and that more memory was only available in MacBook Pros. The MacBook Air only had eight or sixteen gigabytes of memory anyway, and right. so you know they've duplicated that for their inexpensive machine for the Air. It's you know it's already what it was. I mean, there's no change there. So, well, the one, um, you know. well, the 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 one thing that was mentioned about that thin MacBook that sounded uh, somewhat more impressive to me is the screen was going to have smaller margins around right. the. So your your book was your MacBook was really a little bit smaller in size, right. but still had. They already did that size. once. Yeah. If you com- if you compare the current MacBook to one that was sold in 2017, it's it's about three quarters of an inch smaller in in width. That say brought it in some, um, but rumor has it they're going to make it even smaller, which makes sense. I suspect that they, you know, they'll shrink the size of the of the 13 inch MacBook Air in terms of physical dimensions of the casing. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Totally in alignment with what Apple's going to do. And then the other rumor is is that the Pros instead of being uh, 13 inches will go to 14. So the Pro machines will be 14 and 16, and the Air will be 13. And I think that that will be for them a differentiating factor between them. Um, and then the pro machines have slightly brighter screens and stuff. And that's like, you know, fine. If you're in a field where you need that or, or, or need more contrast then fine. Um, uh, but I've heard multiple people in reviewing these machines saying, if you need a computer now, get the air, it's just as fast as anything. And, and the M one air is faster than the majority of, of computers in the Apple line. Uh, even if you switch to the Intel and, you know, I said, unless you really, 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 really need more memory, get that machine. And even if you think you need more memory, you might not get that machine and try it because you've got a, you know, a two week window where you can return it. No questions asked. So get it and see what you think um, before you just write it off because it's, it's really impressive. I, I was listening to a podcast of a developer who had a, uh, an iMac pro about a $6,500 computer. And he bought one of the M one Mac airs, MacBook airs. And he ended up selling his MacBook Pro, and then he bought the Apple Pro Display, which cost him almost $6,000. And and he's running it off of his M1 MacBook, and he said it's faster. He said it's not even close faster. He says when I compile things, it's like four times faster to compile my, my programs on yeah. the M1 machine. And he says, now I just take everything with me. I pick up my portable and I go. I still have this big, beautiful screen. He says, and the cost is about the same. It cost me about $6,500. Hmm. You know, by the time I bought that computer and, and, and actually I think it ended up costing him a little bit more. But, um, uh, yeah. 
but uh, but he has now the option of you know he doesn't have to worry about like do I have the latest version of my stuff copied over to my laptop or do I have to go get it from the iCloud or something? So it's, I just take the computer with me. It's it's my yeah. only computer, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's faster than the the you know high end Intel Xeon based um, iMac that I had the iMac Pro that I had, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I'd. The other, um, <coughs> other thing I was going to mention, uh, compare, talking about Apple products, is the Apple Fitness Plus. There was an article that unveils time to walk, and I thought to myself, now what the hell does that have to do with fitness? People don't need a, a watch or anything to walk. You just walk, you know, or, and, and, you, mm-hmm. or, and you maybe play music or something while you're doing it. So maybe they've got special music, but it didn't even seem like that was all that important. Well, I think it's a combination of a reminder saying, hey, it's time to go walk. And then when you walk, it's like guided walking. So you can uh, put on your headphones and it will then uh, talk to you as you're walking and suggest things to do while you're walking to help increase your heart rate and exercise and stuff. Because it's monitoring all of that while you walk. Oh, walk faster, huh? Well, walk up. faster yeah. or, you know, while you're walking now, why don't you, you know, uh, hold your arms up in the air, put your arms down at your side, you know, swing your arms back and forth, that kind of thing. So you can just get more more motion involved and uh, and get a better workout as you're walking. Although you look like a goober walking down the street swinging your that, arms. And... That, that's what I was going to say. How many people are going to do that out in public? <laughs> yeah. I've seen people as I'm as I'm driving by in my comfortable car, walking down the road, you know, like 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 swinging their arms in very specific ways, and they're you know clearly they're doing that in order to, you know, carrying little like dumbbells sometimes. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe you should do that on a treadmill at home. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just read about a rumor that says that the uh, Apple Watch Series Seven is uh, they're, they're trying to figure out a way and, and will we'll debut, at least in beta, if not live, uh, blood sugar measurement, which would be phenomenal for, for diabetics and for people who maybe are nearby diabetics and don't even know it. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know how you do that because I, we have a grandson who's a... a I know. I have a nephew, and, and and he's got a he's got a device that that actually has to plug into his skin, you know. So it's right sampling the blood, which is traditionally yeah. how it's been done. I know that that is sort of a a um, a goal of a lot of uh, device manufacturers is to figure out a way to do a, uh, a blood test without piercing the skin. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, you've seen that they have ads on TV for the little, you know, white plastic discs or whatever color plastic discs that are like stuck usually on the, on the backside mm-hmm. of your, uh, your arms sort of where your triceps are or something like that, or sometimes down on your thigh, uh, that sit there and they, you know, they'll run for like a week or something and, and they check your blood and send information back to your phone, right? So that you can track your, your blood sugar. Um, but imagine being able to do that without, um, uh, without actually having to pierce your skin, if there's some way for them to uh, evaluate, maybe through really sensitive, um, you know, uh, measurement of the color of the blood or something. I, I have no idea what the science is behind that, but I know it's something that's been talked about before. You know, yeah. And well, uh, like the well, most recent one, right? They've had they've had um, 
uh, uh, you know, heart rate sensors and ECGs and stuff. And this most recent Apple, the version six, now has an O2 sensor that checks the uh, oxygen content in the blood. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what the science would be. Yeah, but see, me- just measuring that, no matter how you do it, uh, is not even half the problem. The real problem for diabetics is learning how to, uh, in fact, I think I've, I'm a believer after watching uh, the uh, data change and stuff and going into the alarm states that the actual control of blood sugar is such a difficult thing that it's probably not something that you can do uh, manually by yourself uh, until they've got some kind of intravenous feed of something uh, that's automated. I I just don't think it's possible, especially for young people, which is what he is, you know. Uh, yeah, well, it may not be for everybody. Um, and, and as many as there are type 1 diabetics whose bodies don't make, um, you know, the the hormones that they need, um, there are lots of type two diabetics where their bodies either make too much or, or have shut down in some way. Um, I'm reading an abstract here where it talks about, uh, they do have a non-invasive optical, non-invasive optical diagnostic technique for mobile blood glucose and bilirubin monitoring. And it has been tested. There's science behind it. It's done with, um, uh, uh, with the uh, similar types of sensors it's it's um uh, they're they're infrared sensors and so mm-hmm. the science is there they can do it the question is can they do it with you know the, the, how bright do the sensors have to be and can they run them on a watch that that runs off of batteries without sucking all the energy out and so it sounds to me like at this point the science is there so it's just an engineering problem and that'll be resolved it just you know take time yeah well, I'm sure they'll keep marching on down the road, but uh, you know, I, I, I mean, like once, I said, once you prove the physics, then then all then it's all engineering, right? Just but, how but do as, we use but it? But as long as there's somebody there that has to still decide what goes in their mouth and how often. Uh, oh sure, you know, yeah, it's, it's not going to make up decisions for you. Just give you information. Yeah, uh, the data is good. Data is good, but uh, it's still, I think I think there's other ways to help that problem, and that is to actually uh, somehow, at least over a period of time, for some people, uh, have have a way of automatically injecting or in uh, change, you know, changing their blood chemistry without right. them having yeah. to do it. Right, and this is not anything. This is not even addressing that issue. This is addressing the no. measurement of the blood sugar. You That's know, right. The idea of 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 um, you know, giving you insulin as you go, that's a separate deal. And for type 1 diabetics, a lot of them have that, you know, so they then load up their little machine with their insulin and it then doles out the insulin as needed. Uh, even then, I don't think most of it's automatic. I think it gives you a warning and says, here's what your measurements are. But then you have to actively, like, say, okay, now give me X well, amount. Um, but they've got them set up so that they stick you once and it then gives you the dose and you don't have to, uh, you know, continually inject yourself throughout the day uh with insulin well, he, so you know well, he, he's, he's got one of those things too and i think that's so experimental right. yet that it's actually created problems for him yeah which is yeah. not surprising when the things are new you know right yeah i mean it's and, and but i can also understand them saying you know hey we're not going to take responsibility for automatically dosing somebody that 
that responsibility still falls on on the the patient whether you know oh, yeah. and if they're a child then it falls on the patient and their parents right we're just giving you information you make the decision as to whether or not you should or shouldn't be dosing and and that's you know it's it's more information than they had before these type of things existed and that's yep. good but but yep. it doesn't it always mean that you know parents and or uh diabetics make the right decisions when they get well, that information you know that's a whole other thing that's education and that's knowing yourself and your body and and you know i mean that's yeah. just uh yeah well it, but it's, it's interesting it's it's just part of the development process you know for anything new uh-huh. you know it, it just takes time to get it sorted out and figure out uh-huh. what works best you know right it's interesting this article that i have links back to a study that's posted in um the uh, U.S. National Library of Medicine at the National Institutes of Health. And so um, that's where they have this research posted. And if you flip through it, there's a paragraph that just says conclusions, and it says, from this research it can be inferred that the non-invasive optical methods implemented on wireless sensors and smartphones could form a system that can be used at any time and any place in the future as an alternative to traditional invasive blood glucose and bilirubin measurement methods. So clearly they have found that, yes, it can be done. So it's just a matter of, of, you know, somebody putting it on that device. And it sounds to me like that's, you know, Apple will be like all over that. You know, they seem to be really, really focused with the watch as a health device. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I imagine, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you and I aren't going to go stick ourselves and check our blood sugar very often. Most people aren't unless they're already diabetic. But imagine if everybody could check it because they've got something like, you know, an Apple watch that does it for them. And how many people would find out that, hey, you know, my blood sugar is actually, you know, actually drops into the range that would be considered diabetic. And maybe I should watch what I'm eating a little bit more and, and you know, and be aware of that and how that affects me. And, you know, this would be just a way for people to, to be aware of how what they eat affects their blood sugar and how, how their blood fl- sugar fluctuations affects them. And... uh you know, all those people who say, you know, at two in the afternoon, I just get exhausted. And so, well, your blood sugar drops way down because, you know, you ate a couple hours ago and, and all that food's getting digested. And, you know, <laughs> hey, now we know why it's happening. And, and here's some of the things you can do to to, uh, to make sure that you have a more steady blood sugar level. Hmm. You know, just by being able to measure it without sticking sticking a needle in yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's not even really a needle. Very often those little blood things are just a little blade that just, you know. Well, um, I do think that uh, in in the technology arena that uh, medicine is going to uh, be one of the drivers for a lot of the, the stuff in the future. There's, yeah. There's no question that it's, 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 an, it's because it's such an important area. Uh, and, and by doing it on a mass scale like uh, a company like Apple can do with the watches uh, is, uh, is a whole lot more uh, it's affordable let's put it that way the, these devices yeah. that are manufactured just for the people who have these uh, illnesses or something uh, are great and and uh, I'm not don't have anything to say against them it's just that as you had said if you can anticipate that you're getting toward certain tendencies by overdoing sugars or carbs or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you, 
you know, it's, it'd be good to let a lot of people know that because as a society, we know we have a whole lot of overweight people, and that, along with that, brings a lot of these issues yeah. on. So, yep. uh, uh, yeah, the the fear that I have is one that I know Tim Cook has expressed in the past too, and that is, um, as you add some of these functions they get classified as a medical device, which means that now you have to go through the Food and Drug Administration's process of testing and evaluation and approval, and that can sometimes hold a whole bunch of stuff up. But I know that Apple, along with several other companies, had lobbied, and now they have like a fast-track um, uh, uh, way of going through the uh, process with the FDA, and that's how Apple was able to put that ECG in into uh, Apple Watch 5s was uh, through this fast-track thing where they go and they test it and say, see, we can do this, we have a certain percentage of, of accuracy, and, uh, you know, and, and, we, but, and, and we have disclaimers to tell you that, that, you know, this is just information that you can share with your doctor, and there's people whose, whose lives have been shared or have been saved because they were able to get that information to their doctor, and, and their doctor was then able to understand what was going on with them, you know, well, in, and in they, a real-time they, fashion. They, they they sold it as a re, as a research tool, you know. That's different than being a medical tool, you know. Right, yeah. And, but they did, you know, they did get it. There is a a fast track method of getting things through the FDA, which means that you know there's there's hope that Apple might be able to get something like a um, uh, blood sugar monitor pushed through. And again, on the research side of it, I think I think we'd be shocked and and very interesting to see how many people out there have blood sugar issues that are completely undiagnosed, you know, and that moody yeah. person that you know might actually not be so moody. They might just have some blood sugar issues that, that you know, if, if they simply adjusted their diet would go away, you know, mm -hmm. because that affects your moods very much so, you know. Blood sugar yep. has a profound effect on how you you interact with the world, and, and most of us aren't even aware of it. Yep. Uh, anyway, and the other thing that uh, is getting more and more articles on as an area of, of development are our cars. Uh, just This mm -hmm. is the year, I think, for everybody to get in the electric car business of one, one way or another, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of different approaches to that. But, Except uh, Apple and, and Hyundai, who apparently are mad at each other. Well, there was an article of them with Kia, which is, of course, a, a, a low-end low model of Hyundai. Yeah, but Hyundai still, and Kia are the same company, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there there was a news article out about the use of Kia to do some manufacturing in the USA of, of cars for them. So, uh, you know, they're never going to manufacture. So they got to go to somebody who knows how to build cars because they're not going to get in that business. But they'll, they'll, uh, they'd like to play design of as much of it as they can and just get somebody to build it, you know. That's never been done before. If you if you design it, you usually do that in house because that gives you a lot of distincting distinctive capabilities. But by the same token, Apple doesn't like mm -hmm. the, I mean the world of automotive doesn't like the idea of technology firms coming in and being their designers. They they see themselves mm -hmm. as more than just producers. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny you said Kia. Every article that I've seen has said that Hyundai, in fact, Hyundai was the one that came out and made the announcement that they were in talks with Apple and then got their, their wrist slapped by Apple and said, we don't talk. Um, so right. it wasn't Kia. Although I did see another article pop up that said that the Kia division might take over the uh, 
Apple Car project. Yeah, they so. they even mentioned the Georgia plant, so apparently they they've got something in mind pretty specific. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and it doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't be a bit surprised like you said if Apple Apple cuts a deal with somebody else to be the manufacturer just like they have, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor manufacturing parts of their uh their phones and their their processors and stuff. I mean, they're you know, Apple says these are the things we do. We'll partner with somebody and then after they've been building it for a while, they'll look at their process and say, "Okay, what are these th- what are the things that we could do better if we brought it in-house versus continuing to partner with somebody?" You know, the tough pill to swallow for the car makers is because Apple will want to control the design to the extent that they can take that same design and go to a competing manufacturer and say, right. I want you as my second source, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's I mean? yeah, and that's a very Apple thing to do. You're right. So, you know, can you imagine wanting to be uh, signing up to a deal where you're not going to have any control over whether you have this uh, – yeah, you know it's up to Apple to decide whether you're doing a good enough job, and if not, they're going to drop you like a lead balloon. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get your Apple car, and it could come out of the Toyota plant. It could come out of the Hyundai plant. You yep. don't know because <laughs> Apple's not going to tell you, and they don't care, right? right. As long as it meets yep. their standards. Yep. So. So anyway. Yeah. It's, it's Although a, it's I think a that a lot of a lot of manufacturers would say, "Fine, you know, you tell us what the standards are; we'll meet those standards, uh, and you know, we'll we'll happily cash your check." <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So. Business is business, you know. And and I think it's getting to the point where there's a whole bunch of car manufacturers that are either going to go out of business or they're going to uh, end up uh, having a deal with some technology outfit. Because number one, the technology guys have got the money. That's the first thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're giants compared to the car makers, and and that's where they get the real leverage, is, uh, you know, hey, take take it or say goodbye, and we'll go on to somebody else, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty lopsided when you've got uh, different size companies dealing, uh, because I, when I was in the Air Force, I used to deal with pr- what we called our prime contractor which was always some giant like a boeing or a mcdonald mm-hmm. douglas or something and then they had a jillion little subcontractors and uh i had uh, a couple subcontractors call me they some, somehow found out that i was managing the project and and complaining about how they were being treated by one of the, the one of my contractors you know right and, and i i had a heck of a time first of all just figuring out as what can they possibly do? You know, am I forbidden from dealing at all with the subs? Or yeah, you know, I you know it was a yeah. From night. one perspective, it's like your contract is with this big guy. His contract is with the guys below him, and he can change them in and out at his at at, at will, right? So that's right. Or or maybe he can't. How is the contract written? It's all about yeah. the contract. Right. Right. So it yeah. was a it was a tough deal. I went down and talked to my procurement folks, and they went off. And in the meantime, I got a couple more calls from somebody pleading, you know, do something. And I said, I have to find out what's what's legal for me to do, you know. Yeah. And it's being worked right now, but I don't have the answer yet, you know. So it was uh-huh. a it was an interesting situation. I I really felt sorry for the guy because I I went to had gone to his plant. And was quite impressed with what they had done. They really uh-huh. had some neat, neat technology, 
And they basically were saying the Prime was stealing their technology, you know, uh, in their minds. And so they mm -hmm. could see all of that they had done and, and revealed just to get the subcontract as a, a loss of their company, you know. Right. So it was. It was uh, that's a was scary thing. Anytime you're dealing with a big company, because that's very often the big company will say, "Well, basically, you know, drop your drawers yeah. and show us everything before we will give you the contract." And then once they do that, they go, "Oh, well, we don't need you. We can do that." Right. You know. So and you're you like, got, but, they, but, <laughs> and and I I think they lawyered up for it, and they had a lot of things that they were trying to do to protect themselves from that, but at the same mm -hmm. time. It's uh, it's almost impossible, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's you know on the face of it, it's unethical. It really is, but it's I mean, also yes. not unusual for big companies to behave that way. That's right. That's right. You know, and their response is it's just a cost of business if you sue us. Like, go ahead, right. sue us. We've got enough lawyers. We'll fight you. We'll keep you tied up in the courts for years. And you're little. You'll run out of money. Yep. You know? I I, re I remember that happening in the computer companies when Microsoft mm -hmm. started to get big, and I was really unhappy with Bill Gates and Paul Allen yeah. because they 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 literally stole uh, a lot of really neat software that had been developed, and it was just you know out there on the market. Somebody was getting started, and they right. would incorporate the feature in in one of their products, and uh, you know once it was there, they guys market dried up because you know yeah. microsoft had the same capability now you know right yeah and if they would then turn around and try to sue microsoft microsoft would throw a bunch of lawyers at it and basically just outlast them yep yeah and they're not the only ones who did it i mean that's just very typical especially right. as a as a market is growing the dominant players in any given market will do i mean that's what the accused they've accused facebook of Right. right is anytime somebody comes up with a neat idea for any kind of social media thing, Facebook either buys them and puts them out of business or duplicates their functionality and puts them out of business. Yeah, and and that happens over and over and over. And and I don't know how do you do how, in a general sense how you protect uh, against that kind of treatment mm -hmm. because some people really do yeah. lose, uh, just or actually it's like stealing from them. Yeah, uh, great deal they of completely, value. yeah, they lose their livelihood. Very often the companies shut down and lots of people lose their jobs and investments. You know, yep. it's, it's, it's catastrophic for smaller companies sometimes. It's dangerous. It's a hard, yep. tough. You, you don't want to get too much attention until you're big enough to, to defend yourself. And right. so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag because you want to market your product and sell it, but you don't want to make, you, you, you want to fly under the radar of these big guys sometimes. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is, is make sure that you, whatever is unique about you, that you really have, you know, some good lawyers who have locked that down and, and you have, uh, you know, rock solid patents and protections because that's what that's, you know, pa patents and copyrights are supposed to protect you. Um, you know, but I think too many startups don't spend any time or effort doing that part of it or very little, you know, and that part is important. Yep. It's the only yep. way you can face these guys off. Uh, and uh, and you know get them to turn around and pay you money if the, if they're going to steal your features, you know, or you can just have their feature blocked completely in the court sometimes. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's it, it's expensive. In fact, I think that uh, uh, for any technology company to be successful, that you've got to have at least two and sometimes three 
uh, top level people, founders, if you will, joint co-founders mm -hmm. sometimes, or uh, that that have uh, totally different expertise. You got to have the businessman. You got to have the businessman, right. and that's and that's the guy who's handling the things we're talking about here. And then you got to have your, if you're a technology company, you've got to have your real smart technology head. That's his business. Tech, you know, he really understands all of yeah. that and everything related to his product. You know, uh, yeah. those are the two that are essential. Uh, yeah. And I would say the businessman needs to be the three. I would say there, there's two different skill sets under the business heading. One is running the business, and that's right. important. Yeah. Um, that's critical. But you also need to have one who's the protector of the business, the legal side. Yeah, well, you know, you, and you whether that's a founder or that founder hires somebody, you need that. Yeah, that's the lawyer or something like that, you know. Right. The, just, just where that fits in there is, uh, yeah, uh, difficult to say, yeah. but depending on the business. Mm-hmm. But, but you're right. You need the, you need the 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 dreamer, the genius that creates the amazing thing. The person who says, okay, I see a business here and let's partner. And and then either a third one or somebody who they hire right away that they trust who's going to then go create the protections legally for them so that as they come up with these really cool ideas that they're now going to create a business around, that that business is, uh, has some means of protecting itself from, from the giants. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like you not, know, if you not, want to not, sell your business and make a mint and retire, that's great, but that should be your choice. It shouldn't be forced upon you. Yeah, it. You know, when people talk about businesses, they always see the uh, uh, as a one guy head heading the whole thing. That's never mm -hmm. true. That's absolutely never true. Right. Bill Ga Bill Gates couldn't have done it without Paul Allen. Right. I, I know that for a fact. Yeah. Oh. There were two Steves, right? Jobs and Wozniak. Right. Yeah, uh, and and there were some others in both of those companies that played a key oh, sure. role in lots of these other areas too. So, mm -hmm. anyway, uh, there, but there's usually somebody who's the spokesman, and that's the guy who gets all the credit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the face of the company guy, right? Yeah, you're and right. that's very often the business guy who's sort of the face of the company, um, yeah. because. You He's the one who's building the business plan. around the cool ideas. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, whether any, that's any, right or not. <laughs> anyway, totally I, did see a, I did see a blurb this morning that, that says parlors back up and running. Uh, apparently not with uh, with Amazon, though. Uh, there was a judge who refused to force Amazon right. to take them back. So they went and found another home and did it pretty quickly. Yeah. I the the home that I had read about I don't have the name in front of me here but I it was a, a Russian based hosting service. Is that right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So they went out of the country. Go to Russia for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's getting to be a strange world that way, isn't it? It is bizarro. Yeah. It really is. You know, if okay. if the if if. if if the U.S. government doesn't take care of uh, protecting its businesses, then by God, they should leave. I, that's my whole thing. Is is if the, the government yeah. should have enough moxie to say, <clears throat> we're not going to go with this business of of uh, of treating people unfairly, regardless of what party they belong to or whatever. And and I'm just shocked by the things that have happened in the past few months, maybe just the last mm -hmm. month, uh, regarding the, that behavior. 
I mean, there's just people just t totally uh, mm -hmm. berserk. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, uh, regardless of your political leanings, the uh, and I, I honestly don't think you'll find too much of an argument here. The question is, what needs to be done, and what are you, are the po political people willing to do? Because they're they're very reliant on big money to help them run for office, and so that's a failing of our system right now. You know, we created a means whereby, at least at the federal level, people were taking federal money to uh, to run their uh, campaigns because. That way we got all these donations out of it. But uh, Obama proved that you can raise a heck of a lot more money than you can get through federal campaign financing. And so he opted out. And, you know, and everybody since then has everybody okay. since then has because they can yep. make, they can make more money raising it than they can through federal uh, financing. And yeah, so but, but then but then our laws all get to be for the big guy, you know, the guys yeah. with the money basically buying the laws. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and and that goes back to then what are we going to be able to do? Because all of the the laws that put uh, con constraints on Internet companies are essentially drafted by Internet companies and then handed to the senators that they paid for and the the congressmen that they paid for and say, you know, here's the law that we would like to see. It sounds like you're doing a lot, but it gives us the free hand to do what we want to do, and, which is good and for business. Which, which takes me back to Trump, and I don't want to talk politics here except yeah. from one, one angle, and that is that uh, a, a wealthy person can do things for the, for the uh, average Joe that the politician that doesn't have money can't do. The po anybody who's dependent on others for him getting his office is automatically now no longer a true representative of, of the voters that voted him in. You know, because the the money counts. Well, more all than the politicians vote. are dependent on others because they have to get votes. But I understand what you're trying to say there is that those that are using um, uh, large donations from big corporations are beholding to big corporations yeah. because that's yeah. who paid to get them there. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Sh we sh we should basically take away the the donations that they have from the actual uh, vote count that they can accumulate. McCain Feingold. You, you John McCain to, tried to do that, you, and it got right? gutted by this by the Supreme Court. Well, they they said money is is uh, votes or something. I money is free was. speech. Free speech. Yes, I don't know they, if, that's, they, if that's a good analogy. Well, that's that's what they said. Money is free speech. That yeah, you that, using your money is you speaking, I'm, and I'm so saying, therefore it can't be constrained. And I don't know that I agree with that. That's what I just told you. Told you. I think it's oh, a poor okay. analogy. Okay. It's a poor analogy. I thought you were saying that the by using the term analogy, I thought you were saying that you were criticizing the statement "money is free speech," and all I was doing was just repeating what the court had said. Yes, I knew so, they'd said that. And, yeah. But okay. That, but but there, okay. there's a, we, we there, were just not communicating clearly. We're on the same page now. There, there's got to be a better yeah. analogy. Is all I'm saying to solve this problem. Right. I think that that's the wrong term. You keep using the word analogy and and you're and, and that's not an analogy. It's a statement. <laughs> it's you know, they're not saying so, that money is like free speech. They're saying money is free speech, oh, that the donation well, of money is free speech. It's it's a statement. It's not an analogy uh, that that was basically. And, and it, it as of right now, it's basically the law of the land based on what the Supreme Court decision said. Um, I'm with you, though. I mean, I think it's it's 
it's wrong. I think that's wrong. It's just and that, terribly wrong, terribly wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. it gives well, it gives the the bigger voice uh, uh, to uh, to those who pay the way. You know that 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 just leads the yeah. The, the, all the motivations for our politicians are wrong. You have right. to have something that works the motivation their motivations. Their motivations yeah. should never be based on money. Never. Yeah, well and it shouldn't be beholding to 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 those who gave them the most for sure. And so, yeah, we need to restrict how that works. You know, and they tried to do it. I mean, they tried federal campaign financing, but the rules were like, well, if you take it. And I think we need to change it to you shall take it. That's how we finance it. You get to this point and you reach, reach this, excuse me, this level of votes in in primaries and then you get your federal financing. And if you don't, then you don't get any federal financing. You don't get to run. <laughs> you know, although that's there's issues with that, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are. All of the third party candidates go, wait a minute. I don't, I don't I even don't get to we, run. I don't, I don't think we've thought this through enough to solve the problem, Todd. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. We're just we're just shooting from the hip here. Uh <laughs> You know, very much so. But I think we absolutely agree that there's a problem. There's that 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 money is is essentially buying a bunch of politicians who are beholding to big sources of money, and the largest sources of money in the world right now are these big tech companies that are situated, you know, on the West Coast, and yep. um, and that's a problem. Um, you know, I mean, if nothing else, at least they're, I mean, because they're all geographically tied to similar areas. And so they all have similar concerns and think the same, Well, you know, the, the, if, the real... I mean, even if some of them were based in New York or something or, or, or North Carolina, if some of these huge companies were based somewhere else, they'd have different perspectives and their employees would have different perspectives. Well, well, the, the real problem came in when, whenever they can impact everybody's free speech and that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's their choice as to how much free speech you have because they've got they're holding the microphone, right? You know, well, you know, and it's like I, you know, with with Twitter, you know, and we're going, to, you know, this is one of those things that's kind of a technical slash political issue. So I mean, we're kind of walking a line here uh, for what's supposed to be a technical conversation, but you know, Twitter Twitter made a decision to to ban a sitting president from using their platform. And on the one side, you say, well, they're a business and they can decide who can and can't use their their stuff. That, that and I, I don't that has nothing to do with this issue. But but I think that the you know, there are a lot of people who I think would have said that that there are certain things that probably should be banned. But it was very unevenly applied. Right. I mean, when you've got the the Ayatollah in in Iran talking about beheading people on twitter and he's still allowed to be there it's like that that's pretty extreme you know and yet yeah it all comes back to section 230 which gave them they were the total winners in this and the government didn't constrain them in any way such that if you only you get this freedom only if you do this and this and it had to be real tight you know yeah and it should yeah, and I think that Section 230 is important, but it needs to be rewritten, not removed, because yeah. if it's gone completely, then we have nothing but a quagmire. I mean, the Internet will shut down because there'll be lawsuits uh, against everybody all the time. But but it needs to be rewritten and reworked. And like I think you said, I think it needs to be narrowed down and be much more specific about what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Right. 
you and, know. And and, and, and you know, uh, Tobin, uh, your other son, my brother, uh, brought up the idea of, and, and I hate to, to get courts involved, but, but sometimes when they're making decisions about who they're going to block and stuff, you know, there should be somebody who has some oversight, some sort of, of, of creation of a type of court or something that very, can very quickly make decisions about, yes, this is acceptable within these rules or no, this isn't. Um, you know, it shouldn't be just the purview of the CEO of a company to decide who does and doesn't get to be online when you reach a certain size. You know, when you are yeah. now the, the, the town square on the Internet, as, right. you know, Twitter and Facebook are, you've got too much power for just that guy who happened to be the guy who launched the business making decisions that will affect, you know, the entire country and the entire world. That's, that's, that's too well, much to well, put on well, that guy. I, th there's there's way too much expected of the court system, first of all. N number one is that any individual judge on the court is biased. I don't care who he is, he's biased. And everybody knows what their biases are. So big companies even know how to go select who where they want it to be heard so they get the, what the answer they want. Oh, so, sure. I mean, well, and that's those those companies that that uh, are patent trolls. You know, they all they always all file at that same little county in Texas. Right now, if, <laughs> all of them. If, if your court decision had uh, some equal distribution of biases, and you had, uh, 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 let's just say nine for our better, uh, then then you'd be more, much more assured of getting a, getting a fair decision than you ever will from a single judge. I yeah. mean, a single judge goes goes haywire all the time. And then it just what that does, it just extends the backlog into the courts. And that's the real problem, is courts take forever because they have appeals after appeals. And the court calendar stretches out now. And that's exactly what happened during the election. There was no time at all to get any kind of sensible resolution of, of the cases that Trump and, and the guys were bringing. It was just that's not what the courts are set up to do. You know, well, I mean, we yes, right. again, that's a, that's a political issue. We're, yeah. we're, we've delved yeah. away from 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 tech completely there, right. um, you know, but we you know, we can maybe talk about that in a different arena if you want to the um, but, you know, I mean, on the technical side, you know, there, yeah, there's a lot of problems with with making those decisions. But I think that you would find very few people of any political leanings who would agree that, you know, that the decisions um, uh of CEOs should be absolutely final in terms of, uh, you know, companies like um, uh, Facebook and Twitter. And I'm, you know, Apple got into a little bit of this conversation when they when they banned or when they kicked, um, uh, you know, Parler off of their app store, as did Google. But Google also has another thing that's very insidious that I think people don't even realize. And that is if you upset Google, you just disappear from their searches. And you know, it's it's real obvious if you get banned on Twitter, or you get banned on uh, Facebook. It's not so obvious if when people go to do a search, you just don't, you know, things that they don't like don't show up in the search. That's like it's it's because it's it's a negative. And so how do you find or, or see the negative? It's like, oh, it just didn't show up in the search. And that has tremendous impact on the way people think and what they see and what they read. Uh, Google is the default. They're even more of a of a, a monopoly in search than uh than facebook and twitter are in in uh in social media i mean it's it's scary the amount of power they have and how subtle it is 
because yeah. people don't realize that, you know, when you go do a search about, you know, name some hot topic, uh, that it just, just you know, doesn't show up. Yep. So you just you don't even begin to think about it. You, you read what's well, there, right? Well, it's the same thing that goes with the, with the uh, on the TV business, you know, a bunch of networks, you know, mm -hmm. stuff they don't want. It's just not newsworthy, right? That's what they're saying. Right. Same yeah. thing. Exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, but they don't have near the uh, the 100% uh, use that Google does. Well, well I'll tell you, you know? what. They got awfully close to 100%. How many channels oppose the uh, – I mean, I'm talking – well, with but there's a hundred different newsrooms out there for all the different news channels, and they all make their own decisions. Now, some of them you maybe will follow lockstep with others, but they're each making their own decision about what is and isn't said. And it's largely based on what can they say to get people to watch their channel so that they can get advertising sold. Yeah. Um, you know, Google's one place. One. Right. I mean, there, there's literally only one other search engine. I mean, you look at, like, people say, oh, use DuckDuckGo. You know, behind DuckDuckGo, what's the engine behind it? It's Bing. And that's the only other place. Bing is the the, the alternative. And yep. pretty much universally, people agree that it's not as good when you go to search for things that, you know, just stuff you're interested in. They don't find as many good links as Google does. Google's number one, and they're better, but that gives them immense power. Well, Todd, I, I haven't used Google search for probably 10 years and I had I would I bet that you probably have and didn't even know it. Well, maybe maybe once or twice but uh DuckDuckGo is if you say is Microsoft, well that's where it's been going. Right. I you know that was that used to be the be the default. Maybe it still is. So I think they paid Apple a lot for it to be the default, but I immediately Google, yeah. switch it. You know, that's the first thing yeah. I do when I get a yeah, a lot of people. In fact, there's been some articles written about that because, of course, they don't tell us in any con they don't tell us the content of con uh, of contracts and stuff. But a lot of people believe that close to twenty million dollars a year in Apple's services revenue is Google yeah. paying to be the default search on all the Apple devices. Yeah, it's a big number. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And uh, yeah, and I use DuckDuckGo as my default as well but you have to go make it your default and every once in a while something will happen and your search uh changes and you'll have to go back and change it back and DuckDuckGo and google look very similar hmm. you know they they you might not even realize that your search had changed because if you don't actually go to the website and you just type in your search in the in the uh url url slash search bar that's built into most modern browsers you yeah. wouldn't know it you know, and if and and the majority of the world doesn't even use the built-in browser in Windows or in 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 uh, a Mac, they um, uh, you know Safari and and Explorer, or it's not Explorer now. What is the what is the new one that's in Windows? I can't remember what they call it. Um, but anyway, uh, Chrome is the number one, and and it goes it uses Google because it's a Google product. Yeah. So. You know, so, I would I wouldn't use Chrome just because it is a Google product because I don't want yeah. Google seeing every search I ever make because right. <laughs> they will. You know, right. even if you use a different search engine, Google gets a copy of what you're searching for because it's a Google product. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they figured out how to steer everything their way, didn't they? <clears throat> yep. Yep. -er. 
But uh, they're the one that flies under the radar that I think most people don't even know to be outraged about is Google. You know? <laughs> yep. Well, they they got a, a two important things, their search and their Android that basically give them lots and lots of power. Yeah, lots of data on Android because it's all over the place, and so they know what everybody's searching for and doing, and, and every app they launch, all that stuff's tracked by Google on Android. Yep. It's free because it's free. Yep, it's free information. All it costs you, all it costs you, is everything <clears throat> you've ever done and ever do, and everywhere you ever go, and everybody you ever talk to, or text with, or email with. That's all it costs you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the, what's scary is when you see what uh, countries like China do with when they got data and all from all of their companies that come flowing into the thing and and yeah. how they know where everybody's going. They, anybody who has a even a little glimmer of a non-patriotic uh, thought uh, gets, uh-huh. you know, they they they, they detect them and uh, go go deal with them. You know. They'd, yeah. they'd maybe maybe disappear, you know, magic act. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, at one time people would, I think, kind of naively go, well, that's all that. There's no way they could keep track of all that. It's just it's 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 overwhelmingly large numbers we're dealing with here. And guess what? They can all keep track of it. Yeah. Keep track of they everything. Have overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly fast computers and large storage spaces. And they can keep track of it. They can keep track of of uh, you know visual tags so that they can do uh, optical identification of people from cameras and they track people where they go and when they go and who they talk to and, and, and all they, of that's got, being tracked. They got they got the friends and enemies list and you know oh yeah you're you're over on the enemy side you're ranked by how how worse it, bad an enemy you are and what mm-hmm. kind of threat threats you pose and yeah and we're not talking friends and enemies like you know. We like Korea, but we don't like Japan kind of things. No, we're talking about like Bob down the street and Susie down the street. And, and you know, what's their social score? Are they they good right. card-carrying Chinese or are they or are they dissidents who sometimes talk to people who might have ideas we don't like? And, and, and uh, we have a plenty, plenty of people in this country who admire that capability. Oh, yeah. We really do. And yeah. they're, they've been popping out of the woodwork for the last year. It's really amazing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the scary thing is, is that, that, you know, our government may not be doing it at the level that the Chinese are, but our businesses are. Yep. Our businesses are using that same kind of technology to learn every little secret about every person on the planet so that they can then control things. And and daily you get evidence of that when you go to look at somebody's store or something, you know, you just look at a product Mm -hmm. and you go away. And then you go on a social product or something, and right here's the thing reminding you of what you just looked at, you know. Yeah. The ads are popping up everywhere. Yep. Yep. Yeah, in fact, there's been uh, tests. Uh, a couple tech reporters have, like, gotten a brand-new Android phone. They've locked it down every way they know how, and the, if anybody could do it, they could. And mm-hmm. then they just put it in a room and go into the room and talk about certain things. And sure enough, ads for those things start showing up. And they're like, yep. okay, that's creepy. And and yet they claim they're not listening to us. And that's a phone. Yep. That's a phone. That's why I thought it was funny. You know, you were you were complaining about the um, 
the, the smart speakers and unplugging them because you don't want something listening to. And yet you walk around with iPads and Macs yep. and phones and, yep. you know, those things all listen to you, too. Yep. And in do. fact, if you have if you have Facebook on any of those devices, they're listening to you. <laughs> you know, yep. Facebook's been caught multiple times launching apps in the background on the phone. Uh, even after you close the app, you go and kill the app out of memory and it relaunches itself. And they do things like they'll play because because, you know, in the background, there's background processes even on iOS that are allowed to happen, like playing music. They'll play a loop of a silent, a one second loop of silence just so that they can stay active in the background. And then they'll relaunch their app after you thought you killed it. And, and they've been caught doing that more than once. Both times they went, oh, that was just a programming error. We won't we won't do that again. That was an accident. Sure. Uh huh. Let's slap their hands to a tune of a few billion. Fool me once. Well, and and Apple has caught them a couple times, and you know, and the response from Apple should have been the same response that they had with Parler, which is you're out of here. But they're afraid if they do that, a bunch of people will sell iPhones and go buy Android phones because they want Facebook, even even though the company is evil, evil, evil. Yep. No, I want my Facebook. I'm addicted. I want to be there. Every time I go look at this, they tell me more stuff that's interesting, and I gotta, I gotta be on. I gotta check it again, <laughs> you know. And I've talked to some people who have like said, "Well, I'm not going to quit Facebook, but I'm taking it off of all my mobile devices. I'm deleting it out of my system. You know, it's I've, I want to if I want to check it, I have to sit down at a computer and go to the browser, and and, and you know, and and that seems to help break the cycle of like constantly checking it and and commenting and inter- interacting. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's hard. It's a hard habit to break. Hard. Yes, it is. Yeah. Got to express my opinion. What happens today if I don't tell everybody how I'm thinking about every single thing that's happening to me every second that I just saw on television? I won't be able to influence the world like you, right. think you do already, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like, why does everybody feel the need to spout their opinion about everything? I don't get that. And because that's, you know. they can. Because and because they, they can, can. And because they've been enabled by by yeah. the likes of Facebook and Twitter, yeah, I don't know. We'll make you now the other day we tried something. Let's talk about tech a little bit. We uh, tried WeMe, right? That's right, MeWe. MeWe, MeWe, WeMe. Is it MeWe? MeWe, yes. MeWe. Me or we? Yeah. Yeah, MeWe. There it is. Okay, I I clicked on it and brought it up in the browser. Um, so I've got me, we here. So, uh, Hey, look, there's somebody who's trying to be important and spout their stuff. All my stuff is you. <laughs> yes. You're my own. Cause you're the only person I, friend. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually have another friend. Yeah. Really? Tur- turns out a parent from a swim team and, and her daughter hasn't swum with me. In fact, her daughter's in college now. Hasn't swum with me for years. Um, but every once in a while we stay in touch and, uh, she saw me on there and asked for a friend request. So I, uh, so I now have two friends on MeWe. Yeah. I got four or five, I think. So yeah. anyway, I'm ahead of you, Todd. I've been there a week longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I actually got onto it and then didn't do, I, I had, didn't do anything. I looked at it and went, meh. And, yeah. and then you, then you reached out to me and said, Hey, why don't you get on this and let's see how we're, you know, we can talk to each other and see what we think about it. So then I went back into it. Because when I got into it, um, uh, the first thing I was presented with was like, subscribe for four ninety nine, and I went, no, I, I'm not going to do that, just to see what I think, and and then uh, and the way they presented the page was like, and I, and I was doing it from the web page, not from the app, 
uh, ah. and from the webpage, it, they didn't look like an obvious way to get around it even. There was no way to close the window and say, no, thank you. Um, ah. Whereas you launch it on the app, you get like right into the free version and then asks you if you want to upgrade. That, right. But that's not how it was presented when I did it from the webpage. So it was kind of weird. Ah. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that I found the other day is, you know how you can be on just some other news site and you can say, uh, push an F for uh, Facebook or a T for Twitter or a bird or whatever and a P for Yeah, Parler. yeah, they've got all the little logos, yeah. right? You know, these little logos that are wrong. Well, I didn't see one for MeWe, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but, th- but then finally, I did see one for MeWe. And then I pushed it uh, and it, it didn't go to MeWe. So then I said, well, I guess my only choice is to copy it and go to MeWe and then copy, copy it in. So some of the, what you saw me post there was just trial stuff. It was just sort ah. of where I was. and I See was how that figure, works. Yeah, trying to see what's going on. Well, I just think there was some bug or something in it. Yeah, the, I'll go back and try it again later, you know, where you can just now go post from someplace else right. and put it directly into MeWe. Yeah, but like I'm looking I, at the top of 9to5Mac here, and there's uh, view 9to5Mac on Apple News, view on Smart News, view on Flipboard, view on LinkedIn, sign up for notifications, sign up for email list, subscribe to our weekly podcast, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, view 9to5 on YouTube. Those are your options. Yeah. and Lots of little... I'm, I'm just... I'm I'm just looking right now looking at Apple Daily News and they've got two four six and then a regular search, so mm-hmm. pretty soon this they're going to have this whole list across the top of symbols or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're <trying laughs> you have to, to know the symbols. icon for the for the group that you you play with, right? Right. So I'm not just sure what MeWe will be. Uh, yeah. It's because they're, they're not going to put four letters, maybe MW or something, but. Yeah, like they got Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Reddit on uh, on another nine to five man yeah. article. Yeah, so, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I to me, and and you know, I mean, you've you've done it more than I have, and you were active in Facebook for a while, and I've just never was it. I there was never any appeal of me like when I'm reading something to click on it and post it somewhere to say this is what I'm reading and then make a comment about it. I just hmm. I I don't I have no desire to to like post that somewhere for somebody else to see or, or I, I don't want to engage anybody on that. I don't care. I don't want to have well, that conversation. Well, you know, primary, if I do, I'll have it face to face with one person on a podcast where the world can listen to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm surprised though, Todd, it depends what your interests are, but I, there, yeah. there was a lot of wildlife pictures and stuff like that, you know, where you get a whole yeah. series of wildlife or just mm-hmm. pho- photographics, interesting photographs. Uh, yeah. that I co- co- would collect. And I would repost those all the time. And people that liked the same kind of things I did, they'd post something from somewhere else. So right. I was in kind of a group there on Facebook that would exchange those kinds of things. And then occasionally yeah. I would discover something, you know, what I just thought was really fascinating. Like the other day, they had this rat cage, which is a clear plastic box with a mm-hmm. pipe on the top so the rat could go down it had to turn and then go over a little bit and then go down and he'd fall into the into the trap and pretty soon they must have had i i guess 40 or 50 rats in this thing i mean this jar just got full of rats mm-hmm. and right while you're watching it you know i mean they were they couldn't enough climbing up this little rope to get into the on the top and and there was they put a little bit of food in the in both the outside to bring them over by the 
place where they crawled up where this rope was and uh and some inside the cage and i thought mm-hmm. it was one of the best entertainments i'd seen in a long time to see their the rats behavior especially after they started to pile up you know they couldn't even all fit on the lower level so there was yeah. some of them on top of the others and then guys some rats managed to jump up high enough to get on the top of that little pipe where it went over sideways and and they'd balance up there and almost fl- slip off and and finally one guy did slip off and then another one jump up there yeah it was cr- well it i was suspect you could probably do a search and find interesting you know rat videos on on youtube if that interests you um, and and then you don't have to comment or talk to anybody about it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just antisocial. I I just the 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 whole concept. I mean, like I've got a friend who's who's told me about a group that that's here in Corona that like follows uh, the police and what's going on in, in crimes. And so like you can find out if there's thing you know is your area a safer area or not a safe area and keep track of that. And if there's you know if there's uh, you know a police stop or if there's an accident or something, it gets posted there almost immediately, so you can plan to drive around it and stuff like that. You know if there's accidents and so you can use it for traffic planning and stuff. But you know I just let the traffic planning on my GPS do that for me and. Uh, I just don't have any desire to engage with people online to talk about what I'm doing or reading or, you know, I just, it, none yeah. whatsoever. I mean, I, well, I love I photography. I love good pictures, but I have no desire to, to post pictures and talk to people about my pictures or about pictures I found or see pictures they found. I don't, I don't just, it doesn't interest me at all. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, and and had, it's, and it, I had a number of special interest groups there. We weren't, uh-huh. we didn't form ourselves off as separate groups, which we could have done, but we would respond to each other's posts, and I knew yeah. who liked what, you know. And and there yeah. was another group that liked another group of things that I liked. But yeah. after after a while, basically, uh, I looked at the whole thing as as a, and it got it got annoying because there was way too much stuff on there I didn't want to see. I had to go through ten. Right. Uh, articles of stuff from different groups in order to right. get to one thing I wanted to see. Well, and, and a bunch of ads and stuff, and this might interest right. you type of things. And it's like, no, it doesn't interest me, and I don't want to see your ads, and I don't want to, you know. And, and so, I mean, the idea of having a special interest group where you can share ideas with friends is awesome. And I, and I, and I get, you know, I shouldn't be saying that I poo-poo that concept even. It's just because I, I and, and it, you know, if in the right circumstance, I could see how I could enjoy that. But I'm not willing to do all that other stuff. And and it seems to me that the few times that I had looked at Facebook, because I had an account, um, is that it was just such a quagmire of of arguments and people just shouting each other down. I mean, people who are even like, you know, generally kind and, 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 uh, and friendly people getting into just pissing matches over who can behave more badly and i just well, i, I had elect- no interest the, in participating in any of that the election year is particularly a bad time politics is not something that should i'm talking be- about this two years ago three years ago not an oh, election okay. year five oh. years ago I, I i have looked at it and been and had accounts multiple times and nothing to do with the election year in, oh. in my particular instance this had to do with facebook basically inspiring really bad behavior and something about the way it's structured and the way it's formed and the way people uh, interact with it, where it seemed to encourage and to to uh, help uh, grow incredibly poor behavior by people. Yeah. 
and so well, it wasn't a friendly community of people sharing ideas and talking about you know uh, common interests and like-minded uh, stuff. It was it was like-minded people talking about how awful people who disagree with them are, and then yeah. occasionally them talking to people who disagree with them and them becoming ugly. And I just I just yeah. And it didn't even matter what it was. It could be people arguing about, you know, um, you know, hunting versus not hunting or, you know, the color of somebody's living room or or, oh, my gosh, those pictures she posted are so awful. Can you see the makeup she's wearing, how she put her makeup? And I'm just like the vapidness of the conversation <laughs> so quickly deteriorated to a point where I was just unwilling to be a part of it. So I removed myself from that very early on and yeah. and have been railing against the horror of facebook ever since uh, <laughs> yeah well i i found some ways to deal with uh some of these problems like i would go to my friends directly that i know were having babies you know uh -huh. it's always nice to see little babies grow, grow fast and they do right. cute things so so then instead of going to the basic news feed where it's got all yeah. the crap on it I just go directly to the ones that I wanted, and I, I right, uh, and because people post pictures of new babies and stuff like that, yeah. So, you know, that kind of thing was w one of the at least on their first baby, right? Second baby's screwed, right. but the first baby, that, lots right. of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Second baby, we're too tired, we're too busy. <laughs> right, yeah, we're yeah just worn out. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that is. That's like such a meme, but it's so true. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. And like when we, you know, we were talking about MeWe earlier, when I when I set up the account on MeWe, one of the first things I did was I went and created a group and invited you to it. And if we can get any of our family members to join and do that and just join that group, I'd be happy to go there and look at pictures and see what's going on within our family. But yeah. by the same token, I don't see any benefit of doing that that our group chat doesn't do. You know, we have a group chat that we post to semi-regularly and it's funny it'll go and spurt somebody will post something and then there'll be a conversation and then you know a, a few days or a week or a week and a half will go by and there won't be anything there and then suddenly somebody will post something and there'll be a conversation about it but you know it's it's you know my siblings and 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 you know both my parents are all in that group and yeah that's who i who i care to talk to and have a conversation with and you know if i've got a few other groups that i talk about stuff with that's fine but i don't see why email won't work just as well as one of these things where I post it and it's out there on the internet forever. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know. I, I see that happening with uh, the group of people I'm, I know on MeWe. Other than you, everybody is is in my Knights of Columbus Council. Everybody yeah. else. And so they're, they, and he, one of the guys that started the a group for the Knights of Columbus Council. So he posts, you know, notices of meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so... That's that's a reason for being on MeWe, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if if you can do those kinds of things, I mean, there there's some some, you know, I'm not so antisocial that I don't think we should ever have any kind of social thing, but um, but I think we need to be real careful about you know how it's structured and how we use it, and you know if it becomes that that stew pot of nastiness, then then I'm out of there. I I, I don't you know I have no right interest in in uh in being a part of that in any way shape or form so yeah well you see if they were properly uh i forgot what the word is uh, where they go in and they keep people out uh monitor yeah they monitor but, it or or yeah uh, it it should be just get rid of unnasty stuff give them a warning and if if they don't uh, 
abide yeah. by it, you know, they continue to post nastiness, they're gone. Yeah. That, that well, any, thing, and when you set up the group, you know, you can kind of name the group, but it'd be nice if you could put like a header on there where, uh, or not even a header, just a section. It's like, here's the group rules and each group can make their own rules and yeah. here's the rules. And, and, you know, whoever creates the group is the owner of the group. And if you, if you go outside the rules, they'll boot you. Well, that's what, you know? what Tobin tried to do with his big group, but his group got so big, uh, you know, he hit, I think he was nearing a thousand, uh, yeah. on Facebook. And so, uh, I, I, yeah. it becomes unmanageable after a while. I've, I've seen him right. threaten some people. You know? Yeah. Well, and I know he's also hand. He, he's got several groups that got big enough that he's handed them off to somebody else and said, "You now become the owner of this group. I don't have the time to monitor this and this and this and this and this. There's too many groups." And yeah. uh, and so, uh, you know, he he let somebody else sort of become the the owner and and take on the onus of of um, administering, and uh, you know, and and that's the other thing is it can become a full time job. But but you know, I mean, if you're going to have if you're going to have a um, a real discourse, then Excuse you need me. to abide by some rules, and there needs to be somebody who holds you accountable to those rules. And if uh, otherwise, it's just a shouting match. Yeah, uh, my dinner is on. <laughs> ah, so what you're saying is, is that an hour and twenty eight minutes into this, you're going to go eat. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for joining us, everybody. I know that we kind of uh, wavered in and out of tech again. Um, but we'll try to stick with the tech stuff next time and, uh, and see if we can talk a little more tech. Uh, thanks for joining us on Generation Tech uh, on Monday, the 25th of January. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Jack Brinker. Have a thanks great one, Dad. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For-